My guest today is the CEO and founder of Urban Events Global, a company that was recently named one of the top five adventure tour companies by USA Today. Please welcome Kevin Knight. Kevin, how's it going? Excellent, my brother. Excellent. How about yourself? Hey, everything's good. No complaints here. Hey, thanks for coming on to the podcast, man. I appreciate it. No, absolutely. I'm glad you had me. And I'm glad I'm in town to, to take the call. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not, not that I have to be in town to take a call, but you know what I mean. I'm glad I'm in yep. the country and not being charged roaming minutes to take the call. <laughs> right. how, about, how, about, how about that one? <laughs> That's good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, man, let's jump right into it. Sound Ooh. good? I'm man. I stay ready. Good. Ready. So what do you do? Good question. Good question. <laughs> so about 10 years ago, I started doing these camping trips with friends and it just kind of grew from a camping trip to everything else that I was doing casually in my life, which was traveling the world. And I started taking some friends with me. And eventually in between my corporate America gig, I found a way where I could monetize the process of taking people camping or skiing or to Cape Town, South Africa or Ghana and different platforms. And I saw that there was actually people out there that wanted to travel in large groups. And so we started doing that and it just happened organically from friends to associates to friend of friends to now I'm on trips with people I don't know, but they're friends of friends of friends. And we bring professional people from around the world together, primarily focused on African-Americans because that's where I personally wanted to focus. And it just grew from there. That's awesome. Wow. So 10, 11 years ago, just camping with friends, your love for travel, and just the finance, the business experience that you had, putting it all together, and you're able to start this. So Right. And I'm glad you mentioned the finance part because there are a lot of people that don't realize I spent 16 years in financial services, stocks, mm -hmm. bonds, mutual funds, a real estate investment trust. And so being able to pivot and use a lot of the knowledge that was gained from those corporate America jobs definitely helped out in starting this venture. I couldn't have done it without the knowledge and foundation and base from all those different marketing departments, sales team, mm -hmm. HR departments. You know, you learn a lot along the way. And so you tailor that to your own venture and mine happened to be travel. And I just pulled in some of the resources from what I've already learned in college and in corporate America and put that into my own business mixed with the ever changing and fast moving social media and using that to also promote the brand and promote the business and taking advantage of all the new tools that we have access to in the year of 2020, 2019, 2018, and throughout that process, just keeping up with technology. Right. No, that's great. The educational experience, your work experience, your, your passions, and put it all together. That's awesome. Now, can you talk a little bit about Urban Events Global, just the events that you have? And you mentioned Cape Town, South Africa, and Ghana, but some of the places that you've been to? Yeah, absolutely. We literally yesterday or day before yesterday got back from Aruba. Mm. Every Labor Day, we try to go to a different island. So we've been to Aruba, the Bahamas, St. Lucia, St. Thomas. I'm sure I'm missing a couple. Every new year, we try to take a new year trip on January 1st. So last year was Ghana. The year before that was Rio. The year before that was Thailand. We go to Cape Town, South Africa on an annual basis. That's a fun trip. A lot of people want to get to the continent of Africa. And mm -hmm. so Cape Town is a very fun trip. We do that in July every year. 
of course, our biggest, biggest event is the camping trip that we do in Texas. Urban Camp Weekend is the largest camping trip in the country. We do that in June and we do it in October as well. And that's thousands of people wow. just out there having a good time. Just good adult grown fun. People always ask, this is a question I get a lot of, do you have any problems or issues? And no, people just know how to behave. It's a fun event, open bar, comedy show, sand volleyball, floating the river. It's just a fun event where mm. everyone's on the same level. You're outside sleeping in a tent, you're camping. There's no special VIP areas. I mean, we have a couple of cabins and RVs, but 95% of the people are outside sleeping in a tent. So it doesn't lend itself to people are trying to do the most. There's nothing to purchase. Everything's free. The alcohol right. is free. The parties are free. Everything's free. Your only objective is to have a good time, meet some new people from across the country and just enjoy yourself. We do a cruise. We did a Mardi Gras cruise this year, but we do a cruise every year. We're going to skip 2021 and, and 2022. We're going to bring it back just because of what's going on with the cruise line. And for those that are listening to this call five, 10 years from now, we're going through a pandemic of COVID-19. <laughs> so so just, just so it makes sense five years from now why we're skipping a year. But yeah, we just like to do events and have a good time and travel the world, try to mm -hmm. live life now then, as opposed to waiting till we're 67 years old and, and can't travel anymore. Right, you know? right. Now, you mentioned camping with friends and that kind of started it and made you think about how you can monetize this. But how'd you get to the sand volleyball and the tents and the cruises and the open bar and all that? Can you talk about the steps and that helped to get you where you are now and what led to all this? Yeah, the steps were pretty simple, right? Like I know what I like to do and I know how I like to party. And so when I realized that people wanted to party the way I wanted to party, mm -hmm. I literally just did the exact same thing, but as a company, right? So when we went camping, it was me and my girlfriend at the time, a buddy of mine and his girl at the time, and like a couple of other friends. There was, there was probably, let's say 10 to 12 people there. And we posted a few pictures on social media. People reply like they always do, like, oh, that seems fun. We want to go next time. You know, the same stuff you hear all the time, but people don't actually show up <laughs> and go. And so the next summer, we did it again. I didn't really mention it to too many people, but we ended up having about 50 people that came out. And then the next year, it jumped from 50 to almost like 175 people. Wow. That was the year I said, oh, I guess you guys really want to do this. <laughs> I said, you know, I didn't think people wanted to actually go outside and camp, sleep in a tent, rough it. I mean, there, there are showers out there, don't get me wrong, but, but you're still sleeping outside in a tent in, in June in 100 degree Texas weather. Let's be clear. I just didn't imagine it's something people wanted to do, but apparently they did. And so I just kept adding stuff to it. I really got scared. Because one year, it was around January or February, the event was going to be in June. And I think I'd already sold like 300 or 400 tickets. Mm. And this was before we had a comedy show and open bar and stuff like this. So I'm looking at the ticket sales come in like, do these people know that they're just sleeping outside? There's no comedy show. You know, we have a party, but it's not that big of a deal. In my opinion, I'm, you know, I'm still working in corporate America and I'm thinking it's just a camping trip. Why? Like, why do y'all want to come? It's, oh, like, what am I doing? So I got scared and I said, I have, to, I have to give these people something so they can say I got my money's worth. And that's when I just started adding more and more to the event. But during that time, I was still traveling. Just personally, I've always traveled. Even in college, I studied abroad for a mini semester. I was born in Germany. So traveling has always been part of my life. So people started commenting under my travel pics. And they were like, you should organize a trip, organize a trip. Mm. So I finally organized a trip. The first one was to St. Thomas. And we had about 300 and some people show wow. up to St. Thomas. And we stayed at the, the Marriott Frenchman's Reef. 
which is now back under construction because of the hurricanes. But, but yeah, and it just, it grew from there. So then I had to figure out, okay, planning a trip's the easy part. Now I have to run a business, right? right? Because it's like someone who likes to cook. Cooking is the easy part for them. Running a cooking business, that's two totally different things. And so along the way, I just had to teach myself how to run a travel company, the different types of insurance. A lot of it became self-taught at that point. And fortunately, I wouldn't tell anyone to quit their day job and just jump into being an entrepreneur. I had the advantage of being able to work my full career, but also do this on the side until it became exhausting and one had to go. And fortunately, I did well in financial services to where I could let that go. Even though I had invested four years of college, a couple of years after that, getting advanced licenses. And I just let, I let all that go because I saw the bigger picture of what we can do for the travel game for African-Americans. And just financially, I'm not going to lie, the, the numbers worked out pretty well back then, mm-hmm. even better now. So mm-hmm. financially, it wasn't a big leap for me. I'm a risk taker. I'm a gambler. So I didn't feel like it was a big risk to say, all right, I'm going to let all that stuff go and just focus on a camping trip. <laughs> and one or two random trips a year. Right. Wow. Yeah. Now, that's interesting. You mentioned how you taught yourself a lot of what goes on and are you doing this? Are you having to, I'm guessing, advertise, grow your business, mm-hmm. the, who you have to talk to, the hotels, governments, et cetera. And so one, just what resources or platforms did you use to help teach yourself? And then two, kind of talk about that transition to where you finally decided, okay, I need to make this fun yeah, with corporate so- America. So I'm going to take it back to 97 and 98 for both of us, right? Mm-hmm. And for those listening, you and I are both part of a wonderful fraternity, Kappa mm-hmm. Alpha Psi. And one of the things we, we were challenged to do there, we had our Texas Relays party. So mm-hmm. a lot of what we learned, like we know how to throw events. Even if you didn't, you learned at Texas Relays. We have to go out there, pass out flyers, stand in front of step shows. When the show's over, pass out flyers, put flyers on car windows and stuff like that, because that's where the people were. Well, that's no different than fast forward to 2020 or, or this century. Mm. You have to go where the people are. The people are on social media. They're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, Pinterest. You have to study all of those different tools. And they're free. The only thing they cost you, the time you spend learning how to do it and the time you spend posting on it. But if you walk past anybody in the mall or on the street, what are they doing? They're looking at their phone, Right. So if people are looking at their phone, they're not even looking up. They're looking at their phone. So I need to be wherever their phone is. If their phone is logged into Facebook and Instagram all day, then that's easy. I would say it's easier now than it was back then. Hmm. I could click a button, post a flyer. I could boost a little post or something. Facebook is a big time marketing tool. Even though everyone's not on Facebook and they're starting to shift to other platforms, but you could find those platforms and you just have to become relevant on those platforms. And so you teach yourself, okay, I need to use hashtags or I need to tag people or I need to get people to follow us. Then that's what you spend your time doing. Mm-hmm. You spend your time just marketing, marketing, because the, the easy part is putting on the event at this point. That's the easy part. I have a blueprint to what I need to do, what I want to get done. Right. Now it's just getting people to hear about the event. Right. The second part of your question, I believe, was how did I learn? I think how to talk to like the Department of Tourism or these different companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. Right. So I was an economics major. So I just know supply and demand. So for example, we just got back from Aruba and I know for a fact that all of these islands need people like me, like our companies to come support their country. Cause unless you export some major, 
you know, like red stripe beer or something like that. Yeah. Your country depends 95% on tourism. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in the tourism business. You need me. Let's just be honest. You need me. I need you. Right. Cut me a good deal. Let's make it work. I'll give you a little secret that I hope my competitors don't hear when they listen to this, but <laughs> I would, I, I would call a hotel and say, Hey, we have a wedding party that's coming there next year. Can I get a deal on rooms? Right. Let's say those rooms are a hundred dollars for easy math. And I say, can I get a discount for my wedding party? They'll say, of course, we'll get you rooms for $85 or $95 a night. They give you a little small discount. And then you just keep negotiating from there and say, okay, well, how can I get it for $90 or $87 a night? And they say, oh, I got to talk to the manager, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Talk to the manager. Fast forward, they say, well, you got to put down a bigger deposit. Okay, how much? Let's say it's 5000 Okay, no problem. I say, well, what if I give you $10,000? Double it. Can I get the room for $82 a night? Hmm. I say, oh, well, let me check. Okay, they check. They say, yeah. All right. What if? And I just keep going until they say, that's it. Hmm. But guess what? Because I know I could feel the, that $10,000 or $15,000 that I give them isn't a risk for me. Right. Because I know I could fill $10,000 worth of rooms at a bare minimum. But what it does is it allows me to keep my prices lower. And it also increases my margin. So I could either lower my price or increase my margin, my profit. Right. And so that's how we're able to, I think, host these events around the world cheaper than most people is because I negotiate all the way, like every single thing. If we're taking a boat cruise, I don't take the internet price as the real price. If your website says $95 a person, then I'm thinking, okay, I can get away with $85 a person. Hmm. That $10 that I save per person adds up. Right. I could end up saving 20, 30, 40,000 on a trip and I can knock the price down. And so people are trying to figure out how can they do these trips so low? It's because I'm just negotiating from a regular common sense point of view. I don't even care about being a travel agent. Like they're only going to get a 10% discount. That's dumb to me. I could talk my price down lower than 10%. So I don't need to be a, a travel agent. I am, but I don't need to be. I get better deals without being a travel agent. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting, man. So it goes no, your it's, business it's, experience it's, right there yeah, with the it's, negotiation it's, skills. Exactly. And it's no different than us walking down 6th Street in Austin, talking to a bar owner and saying, hey, we want to throw a party here right. and negotiating the bar tab. Well, we want, you know, 50% after you guys hit your minimum of 10000 or something like that. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Everybody wants to make money. Everybody's willing to negotiate and listen to you. And you could, and, and I don't care if it's a Marriott, Hilton, a big name company, a big name island, everybody will negotiate. Right. Everybody. Everybody will. All right. Now, okay, you're doing a negotiation. You're talking about the advertising, growing this to 300 or more people at events, probably even more now. So mm-hmm. how many people are helping you do this? <laughs> That's a really good question. So right now, I technically have one other Urban Events Global employee. Wow. Um, so you're wearing all these hats. You're doing right, all but here's the thing. Yes, technology, you can really farm out some of the work, right? Now, we've had social media interns that have kind of come and gone, seasonal type people that definitely help us out. I'm personally not posting on 25 social media platforms every single day. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's not me. I, I do have help on the social media side, which is our biggest side. But at any given time, I have one employee, and I would say there's a team of four or five people in the background, but that's more seasonal work. So that kind of comes and goes. Right. At our camping trip, 
where we have anywhere from 1,600 to 1,800 people, I actually hire a staffing company to kind of do the legwork at the actual event. And then, then I'll have volunteers as well. But it, it doesn't take a lot of people to, to run this. It doesn't. Two of us do extremely well of running it. Me and my executive director, she does a good job of kind of keeping me on my toes, keeping, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's and making sure I don't miss anything. But because we started off small, it was easy to continually adapt to the environments and the, and the different social media platforms to where we had different tools. So for example, I have different tools that we may pay 30 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month that helps run the business easier for me. Mm. So you don't have, you don't need a big staff. For example, Warren Buffett has a, a staff of what, like six to eight people, I think. He's one of the wealthiest people in the world. Like his, yeah. his technical staff is, is, is a very small staff in, mm. in Omaha, Nebraska. Right. Right. And I don't think he has a computer. I don't think he has a computer in his office. <laughs> so, you know, you can really save money by keeping your staff small and learning how to do everything yourself. Right. Um, and this may be beyond the scope of your question, but one of the biggest mistakes I hear, people always want to hire someone to do something that they don't know how to do. And I'm thinking, well, if you don't know how to do it, how do you know if you're paying the right price? Like everyone wants to hire someone to run their social media. Like, oh, I just don't like doing social media. Okay, no one does, but you have to learn it. Um, you have to learn it yourself. So you know whether you should be paying $500 a month or $5,000 a month for, right. that same, for that same service. So I, I try to do a lot of it by myself until I get really, really good at it. And then I could pay someone else to do it. Mm. Yeah, definitely not beyond the scope of the uh, question. I think that's great advice and love your business model and what you do. All right. So with that, can you talk about a typical day of yours, what that looks like? Oh, wow. Um, that's funny because I, I get that question like, hey, what are you working on right now? And if, if you saw my computer set up over here, I have two laptops and one, two, three, four, seven screens. Right. So at, at any point I could be and then and it depends on if I answer the phone or not. This morning, I had a phone call about RV spaces at Urban Camp Weekend. An uh, hour before that, I was making sure our prices were right for our trip to Tulum, Mexico next Labor Day that I just posted last night. I wanted to make sure that I didn't have any mistakes on that. I still have to go on Facebook after this call and add that event to eight different pages. I have to, I mean, the, the, the day, it really, the emails come from everywhere because of course, again, I have a small staff, so I'm working on all of these things at the same time. I'm HR, I'm the sales team, I'm the marketing team. Every department that anyone's corporate America company has, I have to wear all those hats. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like running air traffic control for a bunch of airplanes trying to land at the same time and take off at the same time. So I think that's a good example. It's like asking an air traffic controller, what are you working on right now? <laughs> well, I have this jet coming in from Hawaii, but I have this one taking off to go to New Jersey. I have, it's, it's always changing, but it's all in the realm of airplanes for them, right? Mine is all in the realm of, of marketing, trying to see who may want to collaborate with something. One of the things this industry doesn't do enough of is, is collaborations, but I think that goes into the mentality of some of the people that are leading these organizations and you know the mentality, but I'm not going to go down that path, but you're just always looking for different opportunities. With that being said, as an entrepreneur, you have to be a visionary as well. You have to see where will the world be in five years, right? right? For example, should I invest more time in TikTok and promoting or is TikTok going to be gone in two years, Right. So like, in my opinion, by 2022, TikTok won't be what it is today. I don't right. think it's going to make it. It's hot now and that's good. I don't think it's going to be hot forever. Just like Periscope wasn't or Google Plus or doing it for the Vine or MySpace or Black Planet. 
there's been a lot of hot websites that have come and gone, right? right? And only some stand the test of time. So you have to learn from those mistakes and you have to realize, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Keep mm-hmm. looking for the next best thing to promote your business. If not, you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. It only takes one click of some type of technology to ruin the business. Like who watches commercials anymore on TV? With Netflix and DVR, you can fast forward through anything these days. Mm-hmm. Who's listening to the radio stations anymore? Not as many people as, as, as they used to because you can listen to whatever you want to with Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal Music. Who takes taxis anymore when you could just hit Uber or Lyft up real quick? Right. Things change so quick. You know, who listens to a Walkman or a CD player or MP3 player? What is an MP3 player anymore? Huh. So what's an iPod? Do you even need a computer anymore? You can get away with doing stuff from your phone most times. So you have to stay ahead of the game or you're just going to be antiquated and get left behind. Oh, yeah, it definitely seems like you're up on it. You're keeping up on what the latest things are and making sure that you're getting your business out there. And part of that is a skill set that you have. You're wearing all these different hats. So you're having those technical skills, your multitasking, your negotiation skills, advertising skills, all this. But what skill sets and characteristics do you think are most important for what you do to be successful in what you do? Supply and demand. Mm. I think that's the key to, I'm biased because I was an economics major, but supply and demand is my, that's going to be my answer for most things. For example, one of the phone calls I had earlier with a guy, he said, hey, I thought the ticket prices were 95. I see on the website, they're 105 now. And I was like, yes, the ticket prices go up as we get closer to the event. They also go up based on the amount of tickets sold right? Because I'm limited in the amount of space and I'm limited in the amount of people that I personally want to be at the event just because of the laws of diminishing returns. Uh A lot of people don't make for a great event. There gets a point in time where if you have too many people, parking becomes a hassle or, or the line to take showers becomes a hassle. There's a sweet spot that you have to figure out for your own event of how many people you want. And as you start getting closer to that number, you raise the price up because somebody will pay that price, right? And so I I think one of the keys to business is just understanding math, understanding supply and demand, understanding who needs who, understanding what type of business you run. My business isn't a need in life, right? Like a need in life is food, shelter, water. I I don't sell any of those things, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that at any point, I don't care if you sell jewelry or whatever, if somebody's starving, they're going to pay for a meal before they pay for jewelry or pair of shoes or something like that. So understanding where you really fit in society and and how to move in that space, understanding who your clients are, you know, people that have discretionary or disposable income that uh, to, to even pay for your event. It's hard to pinpoint one thing, but it's, you have to use everything. That's just, I want to say common sense, but it's not that common. I wish I had a better answer, but besides, no, that's a great answer. you, You have to just think about every single thing just understanding where your business fits mm-hmm. yeah. in, in society as, as a whole. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Good answer. So now, can you talk about what you love about what you do? Um, yes. What I love about what I do is I bring people together from all walks of life for an experience of a lifetime. And I was just reading one of the comments. You know, Facebook does those little memory things where it lets you know where you were a year ago and stuff like that and your mm-hmm. picture pops up. So every Labor Day, because we've been doing this for so long, all of our trips start popping up on people's timelines and, and, and in their feeds, and they start posting them and reposting them and commenting under them. 
And it's just amazing to hear people say, hey, this was the best trip of my life, or I had the best time ever, or you guys were so fun, or me and my girls had a ball, or me and the fellas kicked, like, you're reading all these comments, like, that's your, that's what makes you happy, because you're bringing people that experience. You're taking them to another country, exposing them to different foods, different cultures, different people, they're networking, these people are still in touch, they're mutual friends now, they're hanging out. That's why I love what I do. Why I love being an entrepreneur is because I could spend time with my beautiful daughter. You know, when you called me, she was literally laying on my chest. We were in the bed. So, you know, you, I, I start my day when I feel like it and I end my day when I feel like it. Right. Every day is a Friday, but every day is also a Monday. Right. Mm-hmm. So without, without the proper discipline, I mean, you can do what you want, but you'll fail if you're just kicking it all day. Like at some point you have to say, all right, Kevin, it's time to turn on the computers and get to work and get back to hustling, you know, get back to some long nights when the baby sleep it's time to fire up the computers and and, and start going and her mom is wonderful so i do have the flexibility of saying hey i need like 18 straight hours of just silence and let me just do my work let me just do what i need to do and so her mom is great we co-parent extremely well but that's why i love what i do i'm in a i'm in a really good situation to do what i what i love doing when i realize unless you play professional sports or you know, there's certain professions, like teachers, for example. I know some teachers that really enjoy what they do. They enjoy just their students. Basketball players enjoy playing basketball. I'm a traveler. I enjoy traveling. So being able to travel for a living and share that experience with people is wonderful. Yeah. You know, I, I, spent, I spent 16, I'm not going to say I spent 16 years in corporate America unhappy. I, I, I had a ball, but I didn't wake up super excited every day to, to be around those people and talk about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds all day. I wasn't really that excited about that. Right. Well, no, it, it, got, it, got, it got old at a certain point. Yeah. No, that's great that you found something you're passionate about or you are doing something that you're passionate about. Always feel like when you're doing something you're passionate about that you are going to succeed. So that's awesome. Yeah. Now, now yeah. what about the, the odds? Are, the odds are definitely in your favor. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm not going to say you're going to necessarily succeed because the world is brutal and moves fast. Mm-hmm. But the odds are way more in your favor when you when you're actually passionate about it, because then it becomes less about the money and more about the happiness. Right. Because if you can work from home all day and you're only making X amount of dollars, that may be way more exciting than making X times two doing something you don't really enjoy. But now you're away from your family for eight, nine, 10 hours a day, you're away from your kids or you're away from your friends or you got to miss out on weddings or birthdays, whatever it is you have to miss out on because you're working someone else's schedule. Someone else is paying you to control your time and your life. Yep, yep, agreed, yeah. Now, what about on the flip side? What kind of challenges or obstacles are out there? I know weather could be a challenge for you or certain governments that you're working with. Oh, yeah. You want them alphabetically or numerically? There's a ton <laughs> of them. But, but it's funny you mentioned weather, right? So hurricane season is six months out of the year. And right now it is, what are we, in September? We just, we're, we're just past Labor Day, right? So mm-hmm. this is like one of the worst times for the Atlantic. And that's where the Caribbean islands are. And that's where my trips are. So that's a huge challenge, right? So, of course, there's travel insurance that will help mitigate against that. But also there's the science aspect, right? Aruba and Barbados, and there are a couple of islands that sit under the hurricane belt. So there's, there's like, if you Google or look up hurricane belt, you can see historically where most hurricanes hit. And so you can, you can actually help mitigate against that by just knowing a little bit of history or the almanac or Googling hurricane season, Googling what islands sit under that. For example, St. Thomas will always be a challenge. Puerto Rico, Cuba, some of those islands 
a hurricane is always hitting them. It's like trying to do an event in Florida or South Carolina. There's always going to be a hurricane that hits. It's just a matter of when will that hurricane hit. So that's a challenge. Governments are the, they're, they're not that big of a challenge because they need us most of the time. They need us more than we need them, right? So I can usually leverage most governments to give me some freebies, some free backpacks, or have a government official come speak at our meet and greet to welcome our guests to the island. So that's kind of easy. From a business standpoint, funding is always going to be difficult for us as a culture and just for small businesses in general. Right. Again, because we started off small and because I was financially doing pretty well in corporate America, I was able to use my own money because it wasn't that expensive. It wasn't that, I don't want to say it wasn't that expensive. I was just able to use my own money in the beginning. And then when the business grew, I was able just to use the business assets and not my own personal money anymore. Other challenges, things that we can't control we can't control COVID. We can't control right. airlines and people missing flights or flights being canceled. That's stuff that happens on a regular basis. Mm. On our camping trip in New Braunfels, I think 2015, they experienced the worst flood in like 100 years. That was during my weekend. That was fun and challenging, mm. but people had a good time. But it literally, there were some people's tents that floated down the river. Oh, <laughs> and so this doesn't come without risk. Um, I'm trying to think other challenges, other challenges. Staff is always a challenge. You have people that see a business like mine and they want to come work for it because it looks fun on social media and it is fun, but behind the scenes, you have to actually work. And I think people see it. <laughs> I think people see a company like mine and think we just like Google or look on TripAdvisor for some trips and then we just go party. <laughs> no, there's more of a business science to what we do. The other 360 some days out of the year when we're not on vacation, like you have to actually work the trip. There's a, there's a ton of emails that are going back and forth. There's a lot of changes. You're adapting. You can only imagine the amount of cancellations we have during pandemic season right. and having to learn just like everyone else on the fly. So you're on your toes because you're looking at what airlines are doing, what other travel groups are doing. Even though I have a no refund policy, I was refunding people or helping them get credits or changes because our goal is not to take anyone's money. It's just, we have to adapt. We have right. to adapt to the environment. So it's not without challenge. It's not without challenge. It's not without vendors canceling on you or DJs flaking out on you and stuff like that. But you just have to have a, a backup plan and a redundancy to everything you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, but that redundancy can be costly, but the lack thereof, it can be even more costly. Right. right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. And now you mentioned all the people, all the cultures, all the countries you've been to with this. So is there any memorable moment that really stands out for you? No, um, I don't have any. So the thing about that, I, I get that question a lot, or where's my favorite place to travel? And my answer will always be the same. I spent a, a semester in Guanajuato, Mexico, Mm -hmm. um, it was 18 of us. We lived with like five or six different families. Uh, we went to school from, I want to say from 9, 9am to, to lunch. And then after lunch, we went and kind of explored the community with our professors. And we were really, really into the experience, like really into the culture. Guanajuato, Guanajuato is a city and state, kind of like New York, New York. It's in the middle of nowhere in Mexico. It's not like the most touristy attraction type place, but we really learned the culture. And, and I learned during that trip, some of the happiest people, and those were the happiest people at that point that I met. And this was in 2000, 2000, 2001, December 26, 2000, January 15, 2001. Uh, those were the happiest people I'd met in my life. And they were also the, 
some of the poorest people besides my family in Charleston, South Carolina, they were some of the poorest people I met in my life and they were the happiest people. And that's when I realized that it doesn't take money to be happy. Right. It didn't stop me from wanting to make a whole lot of it, to be honest, but it let me know right there, as long as you have your family and friends around you and some food on the table, you can really have a good time. Yeah. And it reminded me of growing up in Charleston, South Carolina with my grandma where we were poor, but I didn't know we were poor until I was an adult because I thought we had fun. You know, we lived in the hood, but we had fun. I had a big wheel. I had pork and beans and rice on the table every day. Like I didn't want for anything. We were good. And so I think society kind of changes that for you. So I don't have any special spectacular moment now a day. It would have been that trip, that, that trip in 2000, 2001 that really set the stage of how to live life and how to, how to go to these different places meet people, talk to people, talk to strangers, talk to people at the bars, the restaurants, the people, the staff, and just get a better understanding of their country and where they're from, whether it's in Africa, Thailand, regardless of where it was, I'm able to always learn more. And so every time I get back from a trip, there's some little small like conversation I remember with either a client or somebody locally that I'm like, man, that was, that was really cool. But it, it will never be that three weeks I spent in Mexico, but it was cool for that trip. Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Uh, just a lot of the countries you go to, whether Jamaica, the slogan's no problem. Costa Rica, is Puerto Vida, Dominican Republic, all these countries have these slogans and they live by it. They might right. not have the luxuries or the money or whatever that we have. But like you said, they're spending time with family and friends and you could just tell how happy they are in life. And we have the luxuries, we have the money, but it just seems like the more we have, the more we want, and we aren't as happy as you can see the people in those countries. So yeah, yeah we're, 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 we're not, we're not as happy. We're not as healthy as right. they are. We're not as happy as they are. We're not as culturally rich right. as they are. Right. Um, because a lot of islands I reach out to, they respond to emails so slow and so late like two mm-hmm. three four days later a week later but that's because they live at a different pace mm-hmm. they're, they're they're in no rush yeah like they're in no rush and that's something that we can learn from in america we're in such a rush to do everything it's run 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 make money die yeah it's pretty much what your life revolves around yeah and, and they're they're living longer than us they have less diseases because they're eating healthier foods and they're not as stressed as we are right so really Who's really winning there? The, the island that's moving slow or the Americans that are running fast who think who think they're doing better. Right. But you're really but well, what are you doing better at? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're not doing better at life. They're they're winning. They're on an island living slow, chilling, eating, <laughs> you know, eating eating good fresh food with their family and friends. They don't yep. need a five bedroom mansion on twenty acres or whatever the case is. They're 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 like me when I was three, four, five years old at my grandma's house in South Carolina, I thought I had it all. Yeah. And I did. I mm-hmm. did have it all, yep. you know, in the hood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. man. Well, hey, Kevin, it's been great. We're at the end of this interview. I want to ask you some quick hitter questions for fun for people to get to know you a little bit better. But before I do that, I want to find out if there's anything else that you want to discuss or if there's anything you think I left off asking you. No, no, this, this is wonderful. I just want people to know our website is urbaneventsglobal.com. Another website we have is blacktraveltube.com, kind of like YouTube, but TravelTube, T-U-B as in boy, E as in Edward. But they could find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube. They could find us on any social media site and just show us some support if you want to travel. Come check us out. Definitely. Yes. All right. So let's get to these quick hitter questions. Let's go. All right. First one. What's your favorite sports team? 
Ooh, the Longhorns. All of them. Uh, right. Basketball, football, Longhorns. <laughs> Great. All right. Hook them. All right. Favorite movie yeah. or show? Oh, wow. Favorite movie would, man, we can go back to like, I don't know why. This isn't my favorite. I don't know why New Jack City just popped in my mm. head for some reason. That's, I don't know why, but that's probably not the hey, best classic. one I, I like Up in the Air, too, with Tom Hanks. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I know it's supposed to be a quick hitter, and I'm elaborating, but that's No, no it's fine. One. That's a tough one. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. <laughs> Favorite musical artist or group? Oh, okay, that's easy. Lil Wayne. All right. I'm going to give you top three. I'm breaking all the rules. Yeah. Lil Wayne, Eminem, and Jay-Z. No particular order. Hey, Depends on the day. That's a great top three. All right. Yeah. Favorite vacation spot? This would be interesting. The best beach I've been on to date was in Turks and Caicos. And we didn't even have an event there. I was celebrating someone else's birthday with a group of like 20 people. And that was the best beach I'd seen in my life so far. Oh. And I've been to a lot of beaches, Turks right. and Caicos. Okay. You check that out. And favorite mm -hmm. food or drink? Food would be crawfish. It used to be steak, but I'm getting away from red meat as a as an African American male. I'm yeah. just trying to trying to slide away from red meat. Now I'm I'm doing bad at it, but let's go with crawfish. And you said drink. Yeah. Um, you know, grapefruit juice. Even though it breaks me out, I like grapefruit juice. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hey, Kevin. Like I said, it's been great. Great hearing about your business, Urban Events Global. You've given really good advice. I love how you, you're just bringing people together and bringing all these experiences to people. And just congrats on all your accomplishments, man. So, and thank, thank you. you yeah. And thank you for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I like what yeah. you're doing. I'm going to do whatever we can do to help, you know, get more followers, listeners, viewers, because what you're doing, and for those, and this is just me talking, I know you're trying to wrap this up, but these are conversations that need to be had in our community. There are so many different professions. I saw your lineup of some of the other ones you've done. And that's a conversation that six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds need to see. How do you get from point A to point B? There's no roadmap or blueprint to life. And unfortunately, in some of our communities, we have zero roadmaps or blueprints. So what you're doing is so huge. And I feel honored to even be invited on. And I can't wait to see where this, where this goes four, five, six, seven years from now. Oh, man, I appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot. And can you give everyone the website once again? Yes, it's Urban, U-R-B-A-N, Events, E-V-E-N-T-S, Global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com, Urban Events Global. Dot com and then the kind of our green book website is blacktraveltube.com and they could find all of those on social media on any social media platform they're on they could probably find it if they look it up great definitely go check that out all right kevin thanks a lot thanks brother talk to you soon all right bye all right. thank you everyone if you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast please reach out to me on instagram at rodolfo cooper thank you but